0: I'm Craig Beaumont Flynn, welcome to Beyond the Design, a show that gives you a peek behind the curtain of the design industry and shares the stories of those that are the driving force behind it. Well, welcome to Beyond the Design and t- today it's our honor to have Dan Diagostino. Did I say that properly?
1: You certainly did.
0: Oh, good. (laughs) Well, welcome to the show. Um, It's nice to have you and thank you for taking some time to chat with us today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm a fan of the podcast, so I appreciate you making some time for me here.
0: Oh, fantastic. We'd like to hear that. Well, why don't we just go ahead and jump right into it and you can tell us a little bit about your story, your journey of what you do and as a creative visionary.
1: So the journey... You know, that's, that's a, that's a loaded question.
0: <laughs> uh, how long do we have? Um, you got to start somewhere at the beginning. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. So what do I do? Uh, so I'm an architect. I specialize in single family homes principally just outside of Manhattan. So I'm in mm-hmm. Bergen County, New Jersey, and we do anywhere from 70 to a hundred high end custom homes. I have 25 architects and designers that work with me at Plan architecture. Um, and I started, let's see, back in 2014, my uh, wife and I, we were expecting our first child. And I said, you know, I just don't see myself working anymore. If I'm going to do it, you know, working for someone anymore, if I'm going to do it, now is the time. And it was only supposed to be this thing that I work out of my house and it'd be great. And I'll, you know, I'll come and go as I please. And I just kept going (laughs) since then. You know, we had our first couple of years were in my house with one or two employees as I got busier. And then we just kept moving from office to office to office. And here we are. Uh, The only limitation is the, the hours in the day right
0: now. Right. Right. Too short. Too short. Yeah. So what are some of the key factors you consider when you start a project and you start designing um, a residential?
1: So, I mean, everything starts with the site. Um, Mm -hmm. When we meet a person, they usually have a couple of things that they've thought about, the number of bedrooms, the number of bathrooms. Some of them want the the size Mm -hmm. of the house. They think a lot about Pinterest, right? What is Pinterest telling us that we should do? In fact, Mm -hmm. there's a book, called The Pinterest House by Diane Kehan, which is a very cool house to look at. She figured out how to make it cohesive, but you know, I, I sit down with these people and I, I try to make the process not about building a house, right? I ask them those specific questions, but our first meeting, uh, and I don't give them any prompts. I ask them, what is it that you wanna see? How are you gonna feel the first time you walk through the house as soon as you're done with the construction? And you'd be astonished at how few people. And no one has an answer to that. So I think that that's one of the things that I've started doing. And, and that that created a whole process in and of itself. I realized that getting people uh, at the table and talking to them, not so much about the house they want, but how they want to feel in that house, which is not intuitive. It's not something we think about in architecture school. I, I know you went mm-hmm. through architectural training and it's yeah. it's more about how you can perform as an architect than it is how you're going to make your your clients it's like how do you want your i remember a professor saying well how do you want people to feel in your space well mm-hmm. i'd rather create a space that's going to make a person feel the way that they want to feel in that space and that's just been the trajectory for me
0: very cool so what what is the process if someone comes to you and you hire them or they hire you and you- I mean you do hire a client as well because you can fire them at some point as well. What is the process for you in starting that relationship? So there I call it dating because it's just like dating. You have to make sure you like each other and you communicate and uh,
1: I I'm glad that you're saying that cuz this I'm at the part of my journey where I'm learning that, right? Mm-hmm. I, when you first start and when you're in grow mode, you're taking everything you can possibly get. Um, Mm -hmm. and you're, you're being a bit of a chameleon in the beginning because you, you, you start to hear what the people are saying. And when you're a good listener, you you can sort of pick up the cues that a person's going to need to hear in order to work with you. Um, the average client comes to us through Instagram, believe it or not. Um, we have over 30 Social media works. Uh, Oh, you know, I honestly don't know if I would have the company I have if it wasn't for social media because oh, really? yeah i mean we've done a lot of partnerships over the years um there are some really influential social media personalities that have trusted mm-hmm. us very early in our career to to do homes for them uh kate rumson from uh real houses of instagram she has three million followers and we designed her house and people followed along as we were doing that house they would vote for what front door should we do a basement should there be two or three garage doors so that got us a lot of exposure. And then, you know, most recently, we did a home for Joe and Melissa Gorga from the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And that got crazy, but like it went viral. I mean, some of our, our, the post of our renderings in the front of the house got over 250,000 views. My, you know, our, our account jumped 2,500 followers. Now, these are not all clients, right? These are people right, right. that are, fans of Real Housewives in New Jersey that are, are now showing their friends some of the things that we're doing. And social media has been the starting point. And it's not uncommon for people to sit down with us at that first meeting and show us, like, you posted this. Like, I laugh because I don't have it committed to memory, right? They're like, well, you know, the thing right. that you posted on July 8th <laughs> of 2021. Well, hold Give me a second. I'm going to roll <laughs> through it. And, um, And believe it or not, I'm still the one that's doing the posting, which is the great thing about this. Um, We'll do hundreds of thousands of dollars in print and and other publications, which it's great. You know, it's important to do. But like literally 10 minutes of my day, just taking the last set of renderings that we did while I'm waiting for a meeting to start, you can't beat that. And I I also find that I don't (laughs) even... I don't even tell people my website any longer. I, I, I really don't. I tell them here's my Instagram and it's a great opportunity for me right there with them. punch, the name in another follower. And then they're, they're keeping in touch. And then again, people come to me and they know who I am. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I I was saying that a little bit about your podcast. I feel like I've gotten to know a little bit about who you are just through watching your past episodes. People feel that way. And, and, you know, they'll say to me thing. they'll say things to me like, you know, how your backyard is I'm like, well, how, how do you know how my backyard <laughs> is open to my dining area? And it, it's, it, it's flattering, but at the same time, that tool is getting us to like the second or third meeting at our first meeting, so to speak. Mm-hmm.
0: So, the name of your firm, firm is uh, Plan Architecture. How'd you come up with that name? Where does so, it come
1: from? I am the least egotistical person that you'll need in <laughs> architecture. I, I would love to make that a trademark because I really don't look at this as my com- like. You're not coming to Dan D'Agostino Associates. I really, when I started the company, I just wanted something that was like very blanket, something that was easy to find. So as lame as it sounds, I thought, what would people Google? They'd Google architecture plans. So I just flipped mm-hmm. the two words around. But as time came, went on, I discovered that this is great because As much as I'm performing architecture for clients that want to hire us to do something unique for them, I've also created a studio where people that want to work, but not have their own business and have creativity and own their own projects, they flock to my company as well. And, you know, Plan Architecture is the parent company, but we also have Plan Interiors, which is also right now we're a group of six interior designers that are all full-time interior designers. They only work on projects that started with us as architects. Um, And that's a subset within it. So it's created this uh, collaborative design studio that mimics the architectural studio environment.
0: Got it. So is most of the sector that you work in is all residential?
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll take on a, uh, a multifamily here and there for a client that has asked us to do that. What we found is that, the, the clients that hire us to do their, their homes, they're looking for, for something other than just an architect, right? There's to do an apartment building, especially in our area, you need an architect. And our firm doesn't really look to, to compete with architects that are just performing the necessary duty to get people approvals and, and, and get involved. And we, we've done those projects and it never feels natural for me. It always, Mm -hmm. I always felt myself wanting for more. So we started taking on single family homes and it, it morphed, right? We, it's almost like, I think my my clients are in competition with one another to have the most unique design or the most custom, um, aesthetic. And that's why we do single family. We'll do a restaurant here and there. We'll do a, a multifamily home. We, you know, we've got one that's almost 400 units across seven buildings and, we're doing streets and that's fun um mm-hmm. because they're letting us really design but we we we're really breaking the box here
0: i mean you're in such a high concentrated area where you're probably getting competition from international firms and firms from out of state and out, outside the area what do you think makes your firm unique as it is
1: so there there are a couple of things uh it's so funny you say that cuz I'm like a fan of architecture, right? I'm I'm the type that I end the day and I'm still looking at magazines, and I'll do our architectural competitions. And a year and a half ago, um, we were bidding against Tadeo Ando, and he's one of my absolute favorite architects. Um, and I was like, God, what a, like, I lost the, I, there was no shot. Like it's me, the, <laughs> the guy from Jersey who's got an Italian last name and today Um, I think what happens is that I hit it off with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We are truly, I'm 20 minutes West of the George Washington bridge. So most of our clients are C-class um, executives in the city that have lived in Manhattan, They have one or two kids that are looking to move out to the burbs. So there are two centers in our area. One is Bergen County, um, where you've got Alpine, Tenafly, Demarest. They're like most of our celebrity clients are there. Um, they're generally homes that are four to 5 million, uh, a lot of requirements, a lot of local requirements. Uh, so being that I am the local guy, all the realtors know me, all the builders know me. Um, it's I've become the common thread. Like I'll, I'll routinely hear three or four contractors interview with somebody and all three of them are like, why don't you go talk, talk to Dan and plan. Um, so that, <laughs> that, that's how we've gotten there. And then the other side of it is through the course of what we've been doing on Instagram, we are now doing houses everywhere. We were doing one for a famous uh, magician in, in Vegas, actually. Um, we've got I, I one that, that we're them. starting up in Virginia, <laughs> one in Delaware, Yeah. And it's, it, it's just such a fun ride. And I I feel so lucky that I'm doing it. I just turned 40. So to have started the company when I did, I feel like I have a lot more room to run and, uh, I'm excited about that.
0: That's fantastic. So what kind of projects are you working on currently? And are there any in the, during this process of your journey that you can really think that's part of my heart and soul? That's I'm at that level now.
1: That's such a hard question to answer. <laughs> um, I don't think I'll ever feel that way. Um, I, truthfully, I, I think
0: mm.
1: maybe it's ADD, which I'm definitely, I fall victim to, but I, I'm always looking at what's next. Like, how, where does this fit into the overall picture? I think that I'm getting to the point where I've developed my own style. Um, and I mean that in a very humble way, like, I I don't think you're, I don't look at somebody coming to me to get one of my houses. It still, it still comes from, uh, what a, a person wants or it's rooted in, in my client's desire for what they want their home to be. But I feel like I've created a narrative, uh, or there, there's a linear process that I've adopted where it starts with the site and it ends with the, the way that you're able to see maybe a tree through a, a corridor, um, mm-hmm. the, that it's just become a formula for my houses. And what I, what I most appreciate, which isn't the best for marketing is that everyone that, and now this is the crazy thing about architecture. So, and especially when I started, cause COVID was right in the middle. It takes like a good three to four years for a sketch that you did to be fully furnished and landscaped and able to visit. And every like photographers, um, public, uh, they go to these things and it's like, we can't really capture how beautiful this is, which is like a really great compliment. And that's what I, what I, I try to do, um, that's another reason why I brought in plan interiors. Like very few people photograph architecture. Um, so getting that lineage, I know I'm getting a little off track. That's the ADD. Oh, no, we're trying- turning, <laughs> turning back through. Hey,
0: it's all about you. Wow!
1: And finally, my wife would love to hear that. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I, I came home for this. I'm in my basement right now, but I'm like thoroughly worried about my wife coming down here and make, cause she's the most supportive, amazing person. I'm so happy with her, but she would make fun of anything I say about myself that, that it'll be her impersonation of me. Well, you know, the light and the trajectory of my journey, I could I could imagine it. I'm praying she doesn't come down. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think that the, the, the nature of me starting projects at the end of it, understanding, organizing principles, understanding when you walk through the door, are you seeing through the house or not seeing through the house? It's a very Kahnian thing. Uh, Lou Khan, I would say, is like my absolute favorite architect. Um, and what he used to do is he would like his buildings. Uh, I'd probably get a lot of flack from you that's in, into architecture. I don't think his buildings are really that beautiful. But like when you're in them and I, and you experience the experience is entirely it, it, it's it's unlike anything that I, I could put into words. And I feel like I've been able to. Set those relationships up in my buildings, and that's been and, and in, in houses nonetheless right like you don't think of a house as having the ability to have that that and feel but it's there
0: so what is the dan Digostino and plan architecture design aesthetic or signature
1: it's the it's without a doubt the expanses of windows um yeah we tend to create um traditional styled homes that have modern components to them. I don't feel like I'm articulating that very well, but you'll take your average colonial home that fits into our standard neighborhood here. And then you'll see this like glowing tower at night or this, uh, that's usually the stair. So that'll bring some light in on both levels. Um, And they're, they're standout. I happen to live in, in, in a house that I designed. I, I built it back in, 2017 and to this day we'll be in our living room and we'll just see like a flash at night and it's somebody taking a picture of the stairs. T- like these little moments that you would never imagine but somebody's driving by and take a picture of, uh, of the house and it's it, it's those things and we have gotten to the point where people will send me a picture of a home and they'll say hey is this was this yours we, it looked like one of yours right. and i'm always offended when it isn't and i don't think it's a, <laughs> it's a good one <laughs> but I, you know, I I gotta keep that that under
0: under wraps. Since, since you did your own home, were you you were you your own worst critic or oh, client? A hundred percent. How many yeah. how many revisions did you do?
1: So, <laughs> I mean, so if you ask the builder, he, he'd say I, he said I was doing drawings of drawings as as we were going through the, through the project. So, truthfully, I knew what I wanted. I, I, I had a very good idea of the plan. So I would say the plan and the big, like the overall picture came together in like the first weekend. I was just so excited. I mean, I didn't do anything other than that. And then it got into the realm of, well, what if I can't afford this and I have to sell it? I got to make it a little bit less for me. So like every time I went through that, it was a little less architect looking, right? And then my wife would get involved and she'd constantly knock sense into me. She's like, you're not going to, why are you going to do a cantilever like that? And I'm like, how did you know cantilever? I mean, she goes, I hear you (laughs) talk about this all all the time. Um, I I would say that I love doing it. I would probably do the house exactly, because I get this question a lot. I would do the house exactly as I would again. However, Mm -hmm. I'm constantly wanting to redecorate, redesign, redo the kit. Like, it's, it's, it's a problem because you walk, like mm-hmm. I, I will literally go on a Friday night. I got nothing to do. And then I go downstairs and I'm looking around the basement. I'm like, you know, if I just move this over, <laughs> this could be a different room. Uh, fortunately, I'm busy at work, so it, it never actually yeah. comes to fruition.
0: Um, well, that's good.
1: <laughs> the big, but it's really hard for me to do something alone. Because I, I happen to do some properties one or two a year where I buy a property and I build a house and I sell it to, to express myself without the client. And it's tr- it's difficult to do because you're, you're yeah. making every decision and not just the big ones. Uh, a lot of architects fantasize about not having architects or a lot of architects joke about how the, the house would have been great if it wasn't for the client. I, I don't really feel that way. Like and I genuinely mean that. I think that having a client with a vision that that your your job is to enhance that that's that's the easiest for me to do. I appreciate
0: that. What inspires what inspires and motivates you as a creative?
1: Everything, everything. Um, I love music. That's that's one thing that I truly truly enjoy. Um, I really enjoy watching other architects work. You know, Instagram is, is great for that because I'm exposed to people all across the country that I never would have known about. Why? Because they probably wouldn't have been published or if they were published. I'm not seeing that because you're only really seeing national publication. Um, There are architects that have YouTube channels that I just absolutely love what they're doing. And, and I actually, I, I, I'm not much of a TV person. I rarely have time to even like go on YouTube, but when I do, it's like before I'm about to go to bed and I will like get butter. Like I can't watch the stuff because I get so excited. Say, <laughs> Oh my God, that was awesome. Or the way that they did that, or even learning about technology. I, uh, I, I just, I'm a doer. I'm not like a sidelines type of guy. So watching, watching something coming together on, on the screen, it's like, I, I got to like temper my dopamine. When it, when it when it's <laughs> you know and and the other part of it is like my kids i have two kids i have a a five-year-old and a and a nine-year-old and and they are so creative and they they ask questions my son he's the younger one he's constantly asking me questions about you know why is that like that why is this here and and they're architecture related mostly the ones that I, I think that are impressive um but just to see the, the world through the eyes of that, that they are watching them walk through space like they're not. They like they, they set up where the sun is, mm-hmm. right? Like those mm-hmm. little things that I or, or not, you know, if it's a cold day or a warm day, like seeing how they're you, you, you start to see human nature without the, the distractions in, in the kids. And that right. that to me helps me create spaces that feel
0: natural. Are there any particular buildings that you can think of within the Northeast corridor or outside that are really, that you're really drawn to? Um,
1: Well, a standout, I mean, the Northeast is great, but the weather conditions make it really hard in my opinion to do Um, building buildings that are like major. So, I mean, of course I've got the Guggenheim, I've got New York city there are wonderful buildings everywhere. There's a great little Eustonian enclave outside of, um, the town I'm in uh, just over the Rockland border, but they're going to Lucan. I convinced my wife while we were in, uh, Los Angeles to drive down to La Jolla where the Salk Institute is. And, um, she really, she absolutely went kicking and screaming. She said, I can't believe we're only on the West Coast for this number of days. You want to go see a building? Yeah, I want to go see a building. <laughs> and we get there, and it's early, and she's like, "This is what we. visit it's like to her. Do you do you know the Salk Institute? You yeah, familiar I do. with her? all right? Yeah. So it's um, you know, all raw concrete. That's the, like that's the best way that a an untrained person would see yeah. it. And we, we go there and we got there really early and we're waiting for them to open. She can't like, she's literally like, we gotta go. We gotta go. And we're sitting in a parking lot and I kid you not, a car pulls up next to us and the guy gets out of the car. He's wearing a a, a suit that was like a jumpsuit and he walks like not even 50 feet to the edge of the cliff and then jumps off. And then throws out this thing, and he's like parasail, and the two of us are like, "What are we doing? Where are we?" So <laughs> now we, it turns out we're by a place called Black's Beach, where people are doing these cliff jumps. A person pulls up with a dog in a Volkswagen. They open this little shack. I'm like, "Hey, let's let's get a let's get lunch while we're waiting for the salt to open." A guy takes our order: uh, turkey club, avocado. Closes the gate, gets in the car, and leaves. I'm like. I'm like, what are we doing? The guy comes back like 15 minutes (laughs) later with just a loaf of bread and an avocado. Like he literally bought the stuff to make our sandwich. We go to the the Salk and we spent the entire day there. We went into the courtyard and she was just so moved by the experience that, and so was I. We went through two tours. Like there was like the basic tour that we did. And then we were like, you know, let's go for the extended tour. We went for the extended tour and we were only supposed to be there for a short period of time. We got to see how the sun came over the courtyard. We got to see oh, how the, the, the fountain w- runs through the center. It was just an amazing. And we've done them all, right? We've gone to Falling Water. We've done, the, whenever we go anywhere, it's, it's around architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, that was the best experience I think I've ever had with them. I, I, could, I would do the same thing day over day because it, it was just a great experience to be there.
0: Your, your firm recently, I think, uh, won an AIA gold medal for a mixed use structure in Manhattan.
1: Yes, yeah, that that's a story and a half. Um, well,
0: let's hear that story. That's what we're here for, Dan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, depending on who you ask, I did or I didn't win a gold medal. So, and, and oh, I'll okay. I'll explain that one to you. So, I was um, I, I did a mixed use building. It was in Lower Manhattan. And the point of the building was to come up with a prototype for how a person would live in a city, be a part of the grid, but also create space for themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. And it feels like it was yesterday. I was recounting it like it was yesterday. But the reality is, is that I was a student. I was in college. I went to NJIT, New Jersey Institute of Technology, and I submitted uh, to the AIA. The AIA had Mm -hmm. a competition where they had professionals and students, I submitted to the student competition. They accepted it, and turns out that uh, the day of this competition, this this award ceremony, totally naive to it. I understand how the world works a lot better now today. But somebody says, "Hey, are you coming to this thing tonight?" And I'm like, "Well, how'd you get my number?" Well, I just think you should come. Well, why should I come? I'm asking questions. I'm a junior in high school. <laughs> just, I think you should come down. It'd be probably great for you to come down. All right, I'll come down. So I go, and it's being held at a at a local museum in Montclair, New Jersey. And I show up, and they're doing their announcements. And they say, well, the student competition has been canceled because we only had a single applicant. And I remember sitting there. I'm like, this guy calls me, makes me come to this event. Why would they make me come? And why? Like, I could have had that on my resume. I could have won. I was the only one. So I'm sitting there, and the the event is going on and it comes down to the 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 main event the main design category and they talk about the third place and they talk about the second place and again, I'm still like just sitting there this kid sweating in, in, in a room <laughs> and they start it's architectural critic duo Dickinson is up there and he's saying he's talking about basically describing my project. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. How could this, how could this be? Sure enough, I wind up winning first place. Gensler had won 17 years in a row prior to me, when me this year and I, and I, I accept the award and I step down and I remember us like a really smug architect who's still involved in architecture in the area. He turns to me, he goes, I bet you think you're hot shit right now. You're in this room and you <laughs> beat all these architects. I said, oh, he said it feels good. I, I, it feels good. He goes, well, you didn't really win. So well, what do you mean? He goes, you're supposed to be an architect. Are you an architect? I said, well, I'm not licensed. But he goes, yeah, I don't think you're going to win. So a long story short, wow. I did win. <laughs> I still have the medal. But if you look it up, they don't, they're not saying that it's, uh, I'm not recognized. So as a result of that, I, I don't have a great. I'm a member of the IA, but I don't really partake in the design awards or anything like that any longer. But it's, it's. <laughs> I feel like having the ability to say that story is better than it being listed on 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 the website. True.
0: True. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you've been quoted to say, "Without light, there is no architecture." What do you mean by that? Uh, I like that saying. I like that quote. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that's that's what this all is. Like all the famous guys, Kahn and Corbusier. Ando, they, they talk about light. Um, I, I think that just being who we are, uh, as, as, as human beings, you're drawn to light and mm. I routinely start the project. One of my first questions is, do you want the sun to rise or set in your bedroom? You'd be shocked how few people ever think of that. And the natural reaction is, "Oh, I like light," and then the second reaction is like, "Well, I don't know if I want to waken me up. Like, what? How? How do I want to <laughs> handle, handle that?" And that is just the genesis for the rest of the house. Like, in 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 my home, it's oriented so that my um, property faces west. The front door faces west, and I wanted my help. My home is thirty eight hundred square feet. So in our area, that's not a small house, but it's certainly not typical. Like the most houses in my area are around five or 6,000 square feet, which meant that I had the opportunity to make a house that looks long, but also shallow in depth. And I did that so that in my living room, I could get both the sunrise and the sunset. And Why would anybody really care about that? I guess a lot of people wouldn't care about that. But me being the designer that mm-hmm. I am, I thought... I thought about it you know the the footprint of the house carved out an area that we wound up putting the pool so we're maximizing solar exposure um i don't i i mean you physically cannot perceive space without mm-hmm. light right like if you don't if there's no light in a room you could never tell how big the room is um True. and i think that that's a, an important part of of architecture i i feel like where I'm able to be more critical of the things around me uh, the the more that I'm I'm doing things and not in a pompous way but when I drive past a house that doesn't make sense or I even have people come to me they say listen we're, we we bought this house we're just not sure what to do with it usually if you just give them more light you're like mm-hmm. that's that's 95% of making the house better right. the other 5% is the organization so that's that's You could look at it in a very philosophical way and I can take that all the way to the end or just at surface value, more light is more good. And that's that's it.
0: Makes sense. I I completely get it, so. (laughs) Yeah. How how do you... uh, Is there a particular project that you can highlight that challenged you creatively and how you overcame those challenges?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are every one of them has a little something that that hits you sometimes it it's it's a surprise um but we've got one right now that the proper you know I've seen the property a couple times through different owners um mm-hmm. that never went through with it and and the reason for it for that is because there's so much regulation so th- this property happens to be in Franklin Lakes and it's a large property it's actually three and a half acres. Just Franklin Lakes is another enclave where there's a lot of celebrities that live. It's western, well, it's northern New Jersey, but west of the city, about an hour west of Manhattan. Um, This property has, it was subdivided, has wetlands. The wetlands keep getting worse every time the Army Corps of Engineers comes up with new Mm. standards. Um, So the clients that I'm currently working with they bought the property and I got my chance to go at it. And the engineer has been on the property for almost all of the 20 years. And he couldn't, be- it's going to sound like I'm bra- I'm not bragging, but I'm really proud of the way that we're looking at. We're looking at the property in a way that it hasn't been conceived before. And even the engineer has been on this for 20 years. Like you know, I never thought to look at it like that. And it was totally a response to what the client was looking to do. They had photos and, you know, you twist the door and you bend the driveway and all of a sudden you've got a new orientation on the structure. That that And, and now because so many people know about the property because it has been for sale, it's really great. Like I've got people coming up to me saying, I, I saw the renderings that you did there. How, how did you pull it <laughs> off? And you know, I, every time I think that we're past the point like that we figured it out, like another requirement comes up. So Mm. I wish that the challenge was figuring out how to, you know, get it to cantilever over a waterfall like Falling Water did. But this one is trying to figure out how to navigate building zoning wetland regulations while giving our client the house that they want.
0: Are most of your projects in the Northeast Corridor in New Jersey, New York, or do you branch out elsewhere around the country?
1: So we're licensed in a couple of states. So. We had we've done probably about forty homes up in Saratoga, New York, just outside of the, uh, the racetrack. Uh, I mean, there. I'm a lifelong resident of of New Jersey, this area. Um, so a lot of my network is just there. It's it wasn't until recently, maybe three or four years, that we started taking on projects in Florida and and outside of New York, and through social media, like we're getting a lot of people that are looking for us to do what we're doing here in their States. So in the last three weeks, we we got a project in Delaware and another one in Virginia. Uh, so it's, it's I, the, the goal is to do more of that. A lot more coastal right. work. Coastal work is really fun for me. I like, I, I love shore homes because people just want to go there and have a good time and entertain and, and the whole thing is fun. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there any other sectors that you wanna delve into that you have you haven't had the chance to actually have that project come to you?
1: Yeah, you know the Hamptons has a lot of homes that I really appreciate. There are some architects out there that are doing they're doing great work, and mm-hmm. what they've managed to do there is they've created a little vernacular that doesn't really accept and is certainly not as well accepted um, as it is there outside of that area. So when, when I'm doing a home, I'll get a lot of clients that show me projects that they saw in the Hamptons and I'm getting to do it over here. I'd love to do some work in that area because you just got the freedom. You've got, I don't have to sell everybody on, on the style and it's a very natural style. To me, like if I were to build a coastal home for myself, I, I could probably do it in an hour because I know exactly what I want to do. I know what the ideal right. should be. I love that cedar shake, that weathers and, you know, I, it's probably not the best for maintenance. My clients love vinyl <laughs> <laughs> and um, hardy, They really do. And I, I understand it. But there's something beautiful about those Hampton aesthetics that that are just commonly accepted.
0: I'm sold. I'd live there in a second. Yeah, doubt.
1: Have you spent time out there?
0: Uh, a little bit. When I lived in uh, Manhattan, I lived in um, the East Side near Union Square, and I also lived in Gramercy Park area for a number of years. So, I went so you know there.
1: what it's like. You know, yeah. and being in the city is <laughs> so inspiring. So yeah, you know, doing some penthouses would be awesome. Some interior. I never was really into that until I got the interior. Firm. I always wanted to like come out of the ground with something, but it comes down to space. Like I, I love to be able to highly detail a master suite, um, primary bathroom. Just mm-hmm. I, I'm getting closer and closer to the details. That that <laughs>
0: it's the truth. Yeah. De- designers and architects often uh, comment that their work is part design and part psychology, and it's kind of goes back to when you get a client. It's that communication, that dating. Time you spend with a client, how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I, I, I am more frequently, least less frequently doing architecture, more frequently doing psychology, and there's
0: <laughs> marriage counseling, uh, all sorts of things. Sometimes, <laughs> I,
1: you know, there have been times that I was sitting, I was sitting at the table, and my phone is going off, and I saw the guy's name come up on my phone that was sitting at the table with me. So like, I grab it right away and he says, do not listen to what she said. So I'm, I'm sitting at the table and I'm like, how do I say that? Like, how do I even tell them that this is you're all all right. So I like to think that what I'm doing is, is helping people enhance their lives, right? Like, mm-hmm. So in order for me to do that, I have to understand what they're going to value. Um, and there are some people that they value just being in control, right? Like they want to be the person that originates each idea. They want to be the person and you kind of like, it's like one of those things where you have to convince them that it was their, their idea. Um, there are other people that are, are going into this and this is, they've lived their entire life going up to this house and in their mind, it's such a perfect thing and everything's going to be on sch- schedule and under budget. And, you know, the reality is, is that it'll be this picture, this perfect picture in your mind, but we're going to sit together. I'm going to ask you a thousand questions. You're not going to realize it. And, and I say it to people all the time. It's like one of those diagrams of those trees where I'm going to ask you, do you want the sun to rise in your bedroom or not? And if you say, yes, I'm going to go this way If you say, no, I'm going to go that way. By the end, I've got this picture of what you think you want. You're going to change your mind a thousand times. And then after you change your mind a thousand times, we're going to then draw this up into a set of directions that 250 tradespeople are going to touch over the course of two years. And I'm trying to figure out how you're going to want to live in five years, 10 years, 15. 30. I mean, Freud, I am familiar with his his teachings. He would have a blast <laughs> as an architect because you hear it all, you think it all, you see it all. And, and you know, you go in through. People hate to make decisions. Um, that's like the uh, it's like the age old relationship thing. What do you want for dinner? Right. hmm. I'm designing the place that you're gonna eat that
0: dinner <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> or exactly. cook that dinner or prepare dinner <laughs> or lay
1: down after dinner. So it it's uh it's more psychology. But you know what? That's why that's why every house looks different, though. That's that's why I exist, that's why custom design exists. Otherwise, it would just be the fabricated mass-produced world if it wasn't for psychology.
0: True, true. Stucco everywhere.
1: That's right. <laughs> Ephus.
0: Ephus. um Is there a project that you can think of that took an unforgettable transformation where it started in this direction and then ended up here either by design and purpose or because of the client or just because of various elements? Yes.
1: Um, I have a house that I'm working on right now. I, I started with a different property, with a different house that through the process of us designing for them. They realized that the you know the the home that we were putting together wasn't the right home for them. Mm-hmm. And when we went to make changes to that house, we discovered that the property wasn't the right property for them. So mm-hmm. I it was like a Thursday, five o'clock. Mm-hmm. I had a talk. guys. We ran we're running out of um land area impervious. Color. I mean, these are all zoning issues, but I understand that you want these rooms to be bigger. And I I agree, you know, it, but it's just not, like, it's not going to work here. And Monday morning, like, like at 7, I got a text message, uh, got great news, and it, our author was, exce- I didn't even know they were looking. They got a new property, <laughs> and what started as a very, like, transitional style home turned into this, this English manor which I have renderings. I should share them with you. It, and it's an estate. It's a compound. It really is. It's, it's a massive twelve thousand square foot main house. That's the footprint's so big that we have to have a flat roof. But you'd never know there was a flat roof because wow. it, it looks like a um, uh, in, an English colonial home with this. It's a man. It's a stone mansion, federal aesthetic. And then the pool house is, so it's like an entire estate that that we've created. And actually, Monday. Uh, they get their final inspections before they start putting sheetrock up. So that that was about a year and a half ago that we started on this new property. Um, mm-hmm. And it's still going through approvals. Again, New Jersey is such a regulated state that this property happens to be... Um, uh, it's got two front yards. It's a through through street. So you mm-hmm. choose which side is, is your front yard. And if you go to, to mm-hmm. a pool, inevitably, you're going to have a pool in your front yard, which isn't permitted. So we have to get an approval, a special permission to have a pool for this property.
0: Interesting. Have you ever received any really odd or quirky design requests from clients?
1: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) uh, I'll keep the G-rated ones. Um,
0: We're not censored. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay.
1: Well, I, I blush, so <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. uh, I mean, literally I've had people say that they want showers that could fit six or seven people, uh, you know, and you, you don't ask. There's some people that tell you that I, I think, you know, strange request. I, I had uh, a client that was dead serious, that they wanted to be able to move in to their carriage house. Should he and his wife be fighting that week? So (laughs) it was such an integral part of their relationship that I had to come up with a plan for when they weren't talking to each other. So that was, that was an interesting one. Um, I have another client that a a go-kart track is really important to them. Um, like Truth, wow. Truthfully, it's two and a half acres, and we cited the house on the property so that they could get, uh, you know, maximize the track So that you never ever know what's what's gonna. And then you get the midway through the project, we're done, we're ready to f- submit, and they decide they're taking an in law in, or they're pregnant. So you wind up with a whole different set of criteria. It's right, right. it's very fun to do what we're doing.
0: Some creatives like the uh, client collaboration. Others just want to be asked what to do, have a program, and then go design and come back. How much are involved your clients or just, a, just just depends on the project itself? And do you enjoy the collaboration?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is... Without the client, there's no project for me. I mean, and I'm not being uh, cute when I say every the client is the best and sometimes the worst part of the process right like you know when they when they're able to articulate what they want there there's nothing better and like my my job the way I look at my job is i'm creating i'm creating spaces that are meant to enhance your life mm-hmm. I, i'm not creating spaces that you need because you're supposed to have a mud room or a powder room. So when the client is telling me what they want, I'm trying to find the best opportunities to. I don't want to hear like I, I'll. I, I liken it to like if you go to the doctor and your hand hurts, you don't tell them that your finger's broken. You, like let them do what they have to do to figure out what's right. what's going Self- on.
0: Self diagnosis, yeah. Self diagnosis. <laughs> you
1: know I, the one of the things that I I'm like a huge coffee drinker, right? one of the things I did when I did my house, never seen it before. Now it's more common. I, um, right outside of my, in, in my primary suite outside of my bathroom is, uh, like a little wet bar with a coffee station because I wake up, I make a coffee, I take a shower and I grab the coffee and I'm getting ready in the morning with it. Like, it's just like a part of my day. Like, I I know what my life was like before that and it wasn't bad, but it's just like such a better, I'm not going downstairs. I'm not, it's just a better, more easily flowing morning. And that's just one small example uh, of it. You know?
0: Is there any last minute rescues that you can think of a time when you faced unexpected design challenges or setbacks?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I want to say no, because I feel like I'd rather take a heck of a lot longer to do the plans. But inevitably, we do wind up with situations where we, when I built my house, so long story short, I bought a property that I subdivided with my best friend. My best friend is a builder. And in the middle of the project, he decided that he needed to create a home office for himself. And it needed to be separate from the rest of the house. And we're walking through, and I literally, we were just in the middle of construction. The studs were all wide open. I said, well, What if we do something over here? Now I walk under the stair through the stud framing, and I said, Hmm, what is this? I'm like, Maybe we could get through this way. And we turned around and we looked, at it and I said, Yeah, you know, maybe that'll be the way that we can get in and out. We were framed all the, the construction was up and I just actually walked through the wall between two studs. It's like, well, what if we come in this way? And then we both looked at the way that I walked through the room. <laughs> like that's what we should do. So we wound up doing like a hidden panel under a landing. And, uh, you know, I'm not being coy when I say that, like I do everything in three day. We study these, like, I feel like we know everything about, the project before it, it even comes out of the ground, and and it allows our clients to know that. So, fortunately, there are not very many um, surprises while while we're going through. Water is always fun. Sometimes we have to raise the basements, but that's not why we don't want to
0: talk about. Yeah. That. <laughs> some creatives, be it architect or interior designers, try to put a sentimental touch uh, or some element of their own personality into the design. Do you do that?
1: I don't I don't think I do. I don't th- I mean I am I'm so trying to get into a client's head that it's stream of co- like uh, it sounds cliché but at a certain point in stream of consciousness. Like I I can almost draw without thinking about what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um I will say this. I think that each time, so every project, even though like, I think that they're great and I give it to them, I, I never have a client just say, you know what, that's perfect. That's exactly what I want. Because I, the, the way that I do this, it's more of a challenging thing. So like, I'll say, I did this. This is what you wanted to do. But I think you might want to consider X, Y, Z and they give their everything. Right. But I will tell you that the, the more revisions, that that a project goes through it doesn't necessarily mean that it's getting better it's just getting different and specifically when it gets when it comes to exterior design like Mm -hmm. i have a pretty strong design sense when it comes to designing the exterior of a building um i'm pretty consistent with my form work form making So there's like a little bit of that psychology of design. So it's not like I'm leaving a part of myself with them. It's not like I like a special color or a special wind or anything like that. But the more that the project is revised and revised and revised, the more watered down it gets and the less, I I think, successful it is. So it may just be some inner psychology of myself saying, I really like what I like. And the fact that this is not what I like, it's not as good of a project or I don't know, we could probably psycho psychoanalyze that forever, but I, I and <laughs> we'll never, show. get anywhere. <laughs> we'll never get anywhere with it. Um, but that, you know, I don't, I don't try to force anything on, on people, but I do have a balance that, that I like to achieve specifically with how it relates to the street. I, I think that that's important.
0: That's true. Technology is advancing so rapidly and I started in my career, everything was, you know, hand, hand, to paper. How do you see emerging technologies influencing the future of design and does it limit creativity or is it helping assist it?
1: So I think, um,
0: how did, how did you and your firm use that?
1: So, you know, from the very beginning, I, so I graduated in 06, I graduated college in 06. And we were at the time, at the the time you had to do, like your first year or two, you had to draw by hand. And I was naturally like a very, I was good at drawing. um, And I didn't really gravitate to the computer as a kid, which is weird because now I'm all about the computer. I used to think of it as cheating. Almost like a like a band doesn't want to write pop songs because they want to sell they don't want to sell out. Like right. I didn't want to do things the easy way. Um the way I look at it now, I mean, and we're I'm telling you, even this last weekend, I'm I'm working with AI to try to figure out how to get to the finish line quicker and more accurately. Um and we've got it's not happening in real time. So like what I'll do is I'll do my presentation for my clients, but I will over the weekend just play around with AI prompts and figure out how to get as close as possible to what I want. And it's, it's so far away from where it needs to be. But the beautiful thing is I'll have a meeting with the person and from a hand sketch, I'll pop it into AI and give them an idea of like what this is starting to look at. Very, very mm-hmm. early on. The 3D, like I almost feel like it's tried at this point. There's still architects around me that are not doing it. But I feel like I was the first one in my area to do like a three-dimensional model of a mudroom addition to a house. Because I cared that much about it. Like, and, and what I remember when I was working at other firms, we have this moment where we we're worried about the client showing up to the job site. Because we weren't sure if they were going <laughs> to like it or not. And it's never that. Like I never, I, and like, that's such a basic thing to say, but I right. never have a client show up to a job site and say, I, I don't like it. Or I didn't know that this was going to look like that. And you know, the latest thing we've got, the wonderful thing about celebrity clients is that they, they re- require that we keep quiet. We don't say who they are or anything like that, but right. they also allow us to do things that you would never see before. So there's this new technology called Walk the Plan. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. Okay. So, what we did was we took our plans and we aligned them with elevations and we created like this two dimensional 3D model, if that makes any sense. So, we created these spaces and we sent them, they flew out to Texas and this company projected their floor plans with their elevations. On the floor and on the wall,, oh, wow. so they truly walked around their house and they they the place is set up so there's there's beds of various sizes, and those are set up on the walls and the client they actually made changes after they walked through the plan, which was just our paper drawing at full size, but on on l e d floor tiles
0: huh. I have not heard of that program. Well, you gotta
1: check it out. It's very interesting.
0: Yeah. So what's next for Dan and Plan Architecture?
1: I think it's more execution. I think it's um better higher designed homes, meaning a lot more detail in them. I could see that we're starting to attract clients that are looking for that, which is which is fun for me. It's a it's mm-hmm. a challenge for sure. Um a lot of integrated design. So where our interior design isn't just nice furniture and a wall covering on a feature wall, we're starting to create space architecturally and an interior design, um, which is which is really exciting. And hopefully some of those homes in the Hamptons uh, that yeah, uh, would <laughs> be, nice, uh, be a nice thing to bring into the portfolio.
0: So, I'm going to ask you because I see it behind you. In your spare time, you're a musician. Or are you just like getting the guitar and zoning out?
1: I do. I should probably show you. So, there's a lot more than just that, right? Oh. So, like, oh, geez. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah. So, I, I started playing when I was 16 and I still play and I actually go to lessons. With somebody from LA, there's a famous store wow. called Norm's Rare Guitars out in LA, and Angela Petrilli, who, who's uh, one of the players there, is my my guitar instructor. And I, I I wish I had more time, to be honest with you, but it's a hobby. I love the like each one of these have a story. I work on them. I love it. That's fantastic. You weren't expecting well, that, right? That wasn't no. That was I, was, a I thought
0: maybe two or more. <laughs> okay. someone has a problem
1: <laughs> yeah there's 27 right now there's 27 Wow.
0: well dan before we wrap up is there anything else you want to share and tell our yeah. listeners about you and plan and how I to know. get a hold of you and
1: yeah i mean i think the best thing is to find us on instagram plan architecture one word um it's what i do is um it's not work it's something that i love to do uh anybody that reaches out to me, it becomes a fun personal connection. And I just hope that I continue having this wonderful opportunity to meet cool people, doing cool things and making us very little impact on their life. That's that's fantastic. That's the most important thing for me.
0: So will you design your own home again? Will you do a two point home?
1: I would. I I want to do a coastal home. That's that's where that's where if if I set a goal for myself, I'd love to be on the water.
0: Jersey Shore or Hamptons?
1: So I love. I I, I am not going to sell out Jersey. There, uh, LBI, <laughs> Long Beach Island, is like it's got a very special place in my heart.
0: There you go. Well, sir, I appreciate your time and uh, coming on our show today. It's been a thorough, thorough pleasure to have you. Enjoy and uh, I thank you.
1: Likewise, thank you.
0: Thank you. Take care.
1: You too.